I want to thank our sponsors, Athletic Greens, who created AG1, one of the most innovative packets of supplements, including 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. These ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I personally started using Athletic Greens and love the way I feel in the morning after I drink it. And I no longer have energy crashes throughout the day. And the best part is that it's delicious. The founder of Athletic Greens created AG1 because he experienced a ton of gut health and ended up on a complicated and expensive supplement routine to recover. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash yasmine. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash yasmine, Y-A-S-M-E-E-N, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hi, my name is Yasmine Terehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Today's episode is with David Elliott, and after a move to LA from Kentucky to pursue acting, David met with mystic healer Tim Heath. Afterwards, Elliott connected the dots of many chance meetings with strangers, people claiming they had been sent to him for healing by their guru in India or their psychic in New York. And with the help of Tim, David learned to recognize his unique ability to feel, move, and shift stuck energy. The healing work soon became his passion, and the reluctant phase of his life dissipated. He has two books, one called The Reluctant Healer, which everyone should check out, and another book called Healing. And he has a really interesting journey uh, starting out in LA and then moving into the healing arts. Uh, I had a session with him recently and found it to be really transformational. And I'd actually heard about David through a friend who uh, proclaimed that he was one of the top uh, people that had healed her when she had a chronic illness. And so I was very curious and wanted to experience his healing for myself. So I'm so excited to welcome David to the show. Welcome, David. Hello, Yasmeen. I'm I'm happy to be here with you and, and your audience. Thank you, David. So, David, you call yourself uh, the Reluctant Healer, and I just love that name so much. So, uh, why did you use that name, and why did you decide to actually write a book with that title? (laughs) Well, uh, I guess I would just say you have to read the book, but, uh, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it wasn't something I pursued. It wasn't something I ever studied or, or, you know, went after it came to me, and and so the reluctance, as I as you read earlier, I I thought my purpose was at one point to be an actor, um, and as the healing thing started coming in, it just uh, yeah, it kind of blindsided me, and I I I didn't feel like that that was something that I really wanted to do at first. Yeah. So I'd love to hear more about that journey, uh, David. You know, what was the experience of being able to kind of feel the sensitivity of things around you? Did it happen overnight? Did it happen gradually? Can can you talk to us about that that primary kind of shift? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously reflecting backwards or looking through the rearview mirror, I, I things came in, have come more into focus way after the fact. I, I think obviously I was born somewhat pretty sensitive, grew up on a farm with nature and animals, um, more so than, way more so than people. Um, so, it, you know, I, I had and, and, you know, looking at my father, my grandfather, my lineage, grandmother, uh, my mom, you know, we're all a fairly sensitive bunch and 
very intuitive. So I know, and then I, I, you know, there's also country doctors and nurses and priests and nuns. So I, I, I know I'm kind of a, probably a mixture of a lot, (laughs) a lot of these uh, ancestors and, um, you know, as, as things have evolved for sure, uh, my gifts or sometimes curses, um, have grown stronger, um, and become more pronounced as I've learned to use them. So, yeah, powerful. David, what does energy mean to you? Uh, can you talk to us about some of the energetic gifts that you have and also how you work with people? Yeah. Well, let's say the one of the primary tools as all of this was starting to come full force in my life, um, you know, and uh, as I had moved, when I moved to Southern California, it, literally it all exponentially got much more pronounced and people coming to me, telling me I was a healer, me finally saying, okay, universe, God, spirit, like, tell me what, what's going on here. And a guy literally showed up, um, Tim Heath, and told me that I had taught him this pranayama breathing meditation that I work with, that I had taught him that meditation in India 2,000 some odd years ago, um, and that he had known me many lifetimes. I had continued to work with the breath in numerous lifetimes, that he wasn't my teacher. He was just the messenger. Um, so in in the whole understanding of energy and how I've been able to um, make sense of it all in my own, I guess we would call it awakening, through working with the breath, it took the sensitivities that I was, say, born with and maybe cultivated in my own unconscious way say growing up with nature and being around sensitive people. Um, as I started working with the breath, my connection to my energy just got pronounced, very pronounced and and much stronger. And so by the third time I did this breathing meditation, which now you've experienced, my energy turned wide open like i i was vibrating so much i didn't sleep for about 10 days um and this happened in sedona arizona right at 30 years ago now and it's never turned off so a lot of what i teach and have the pieces that i've put together have been through the experience of a high vibration of energy moving through me, like pulsing through me all the time, 24-7. So I had to learn how to sleep, uh, go to sleep, uh, vibrating really strongly with energy. I had to learn how to do kind of everything that I normally do with that sensation happening in my body. Wow. It's so it's so awesome to hear that because I think for other people who also feel you know, that kind of energy. It feels strange to kind of be in culture where you have so much running through you. And it's, I think it also can probably be uh, difficult for people to understand, right? You know? Yeah, for sure. It it can be difficult for people to understand. And I mean, just for you to know, us talking, you asking me about energy and me describing it a little bit, it's increased. Uh, So now there's these spinning spirals, tingly sensations moving through all of my fingers, fingertips, hands, moving up my arms. I mean, literally through my whole nervous system, it's become amplified. So if I say the word energy, vibration, spirit, they it just starts tuning or the volume starts going up. Um, so that's happening as we speak, 
Um, and I can calibrate it. I can decrease it some where it's not as noticeable, um, you know, eating, maybe I'm watching a basketball game, <laughs> maybe I'm eating a steak, <laughs> even if I, I'm not a big drinker, but even if I drank a beer or a glass of wine, uh, then it will, that will suppress it some, but I've learned, I, I don't try to, uh, you know, extinguish it at all that's uh, that i gave up um 30 years ago that i just had to surrender to it and learn to work with it which the benefit of that <clears throat> is then i've been able to fine tune my own healing and my my uh distinct relationship with my intuition which all happens energetically Mm, that's powerful. Wow. And uh, can you talk to us about your intuitive gifts? Like what sort of um, intuitive gifts do you have and what can you sense about people? What was like, what do you, what comes up when you do a healing session? Yeah. Well, so in the beginning, when the guy Tim showed up, he, he said to me, you're clairaudient. And I go, okay, what's that? He said, well, I'm cl-. He was clairvoyant. He said, you hear, you hear the answer to people's questions before they ask the question. You hear into their soul. You, you know, sense these things about people. And I was like, doesn't everybody? And he looked and laughed and said, not even close. He goes, your gift is very, very refined. And, um, and he's like, I'm, I don't have any, you know, anywhere near the sensitivity of hearing that you have. He said, I see, but even that gift um, is kind of pales in comparison to the degree you hear, which had been causing me a bunch of trouble in my life, as I, I said, as it kind of exploded to maybe 100 percent because I would be hearing my girlfriend at the time, I would hear her thoughts like she was talking audibly to me. Uh, and it got to where uh, in my acting pursuits, I would, it happened a couple of times, I would walk into an, an audition or really a callback, which was, you know, when you're closer to the job and walk into a room with several people in it and hear their thoughts audibly like they were talking to me and one time walked in heard like kind of what i thought was somebody saying we're wasting our time we've already cast the job blah 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 and i I don't know i just turned around and walked out and (laughs) didn't say anything um and my agent at the time called me and said, uh, what did you do? And I said, well, I walked in and they said they were wasting their time that they already cast the role and this actor in the role. And she said, hold on and click, clicked over. And then she came back a minute or so afterwards, just laughing and said, well, you might as well just go ahead and put on your resume actor healer because uh, yeah, you freaked them out. That's exactly, it's true, but they didn't say a word. It's on video. They didn't say a word. Um, you know, they were video, you know, we were going to videotape you, but, um, yeah, that actor is, has indeed been cast. And so anyway, from that point on, I realized that, that there was for sure something happening. And then when Tim told me the, this, thing it it all it was a major aha moment because i i was yeah struggling with it but then to understand that it was something that was real um helped me uh kind of relax a bit about about all of it so Mm, that's so yeah that's so powerful i love that i you know it's funny i'm also clear audience um and it completely freaked me out as well not to the degree that you're you're experiencing and explaining but um i think it's it's something that i think we're not really taught at all in culture and so it can be very surprising um to be able to to hear people's thoughts and i just love how you commented on on how 
that uh, is was difficult in your relationship because I think in general, when you can hear people's thoughts and it's incongruent with what they're saying, it can it just in, not even just in romantic relationship, but in all relationships, it becomes actually yeah. pretty difficult, right? It <laughs> can like, be a challenge, <laughs> yes. And I've I always laughed that. You know, sometimes my wife or my sister may be like, they may be talking, oh, he didn't hear that much, blah, blah, blah. And then the next day may say something and they're like, wait a minute, you know, and I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I might hear. I I, I don't, for me, it's never bragging. I don't even, it just, it comes in. But I will say that as you exchange with a gift or an area where there's some extra sensitivities then what happened through there at a certain point then my clairvoyance i started seeing energy uh fairly dramatically and then with my heart it it, it was it's always been the clairsentient knowingness in my heart has always been quite strong too but in in more uh a certain number of years after that i started having I call it clairodorance. I would, I literally started <laughs> smelling, being able to smell in some instances cancer and certainly, oh, wow. uh, you know, medications that people were on and certain, uh, you know, elements of like, like maybe we could say, uh, depression and even anxiety. Uh, probably kind of like how a horse smells things, uh, not to make that comparison to myself directly, I guess, but but for sure, as you keep working with, and and I like to use the word exchanging with areas that you can be helping others and ideally in an altruistic way, um, I think not only do I know, they only, not only develop but they also other ones start to increase that that may not be as common. Also, like like I say, this the sense of smell, which you know, many people say, you know, a woman when she's pregnant may have a vastly different sense of smell or reactive to certain smells a lot more strongly. Um and uh, I don't know, I would say probably with cancer, I've smelled it in people uh, several times, not every time, um, but in a few cases where people um, got checked out and found out that they had the very early stages of, you know, maybe a cyst turning into something that was more um, of a tumor or more malignant. So. Um, so David, I, I'm, I'd love to learn a little bit more about your like specific, um, kind of ways that you've helped people like really heal through kind of really big things. Cause I know, I mean, my friend who, um, told me about you said that she's had MS for a very long time and she's worked with a ton of people. And she said that a session with you was the kind of most transformational session that she's had in about like a 20 year period. And, and she's actually, I, I guess, I don't know if I'm, can MS be in remission. There's something mm-hmm. about it where she's like now managed it. So um, it's not like full on anymore. Um, but, but yeah, she said she always remembered um, the session with you and that it was really palpable. And so I'm just really curious, you know, what are some of the other ways that people have reached out and like, what have you kind of seen that just has surprised you? I mean, the the real core of what I believe I help people with is kind of activate their own healing abilities that that they innately are born with and have within themselves. And so, in working with the breath, we uh, kind of teach and show people how to meditate, how to be able to quiet the mind by using the breath and be able to use the breath to uh, make a connection to the, to the spirit through what I call, you know, one's energy, which we can feel throughout the body. 
be even beyond the nervous system, but a lot of it does travel uh, almost like electricity through the nervous system. But, you know, an example might be when, you know, you're with somebody and something kind of profound is experienced between the two of you and you may get goosebumps that that travel up the spine or across your arms or uh, make the hair on the back of one's neck stand up. And, and that's what I also will kind of describe as spirit moving in that maybe larger sense of truth or, or something that happens. And so what we're teaching people to do is quiet the mind and the real, I guess, <laughs> The main emphasis and what I'm holding space for is for people to be able to move into their heart and really be able to listen and feel through the heart and be guided by the intelligence there. And I find when that is happening, that's also when people start to feel the vibration more strongly so the hands being the extension of the heart, maybe the hands really start to tingle. The A lot of times around the face can start to tingle. Um, and this goes way beyond the scientific explanation of tetany or what, you know, can be happening through the breath. It's, it's you know, feeling much more deep, deeply into how things are being experienced in the body and being released. And so a lot of what kind of working to always teach people is how to activate their own healing uh, capabilities by meditating, by using the breath. I, I would call this pranayama breathing uh, meditation. And that's what Tim called it when he first came to me and and said I taught it to him in India. I, I don't I remember many lifetimes and I've remembered many lifetimes through the breathing meditations. I don't remember he, he said a couple of lifetimes in India. I don't exactly remember those. I, I'm waiting for that day to happen because I would like to know a little more about it. Um, about the the lifetimes in India, um, but th- again, the 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 main thrust of my intention is to teach people they don't need me, um, that they can do this work themselves, that we're really cultivating, uh, you know, a connection to the heart, and for most people that can happen through the active breath at about the six, seven minute mark around that time is when enough oxygen has been brought into the lungs, moved into the bloodstream, traveled to the brain, activated the hypothalamus gland, which in Eastern philosophies they would call the crown chakra. As that gets triggered, it releases some endorphins that flow down to the other ductless glands, pineal, thyroid, dimus, adrenals, you know, and um, as that happens, people feel it. They feel that energy. They feel, you know, movement. And pretty much to a person, uh, once people start to feel energy, then any emotions that are stuck or backed up kind of start to just organically release so it doesn't have to we don't have to use the mind we don't have to do a lot of psychological exploration i always before i work um, with the meditation like with you i will ask a few questions and, and and literally ask the person what we may be able to help them with if, if they do feel stuck or blocked or if they're coming in with a specific agenda and then it just unfolds um, naturally and I I'm always I guess the reason why I'm still doing it I'm always fascinated in how people let go open up and heal and 
that movement of energy. Um, you know, I never say <clears throat> that it's, <laughs> I never make any claims that people do that, that they've healed their asthma. They've healed, I mean, you know, from significant illnesses and disease, uh, depression, even a, maybe in some instances, some help with cancer, you know, it's pretty unlimited um, of how, if we can help people connect the dots of what they're holding in their body, maybe in a more unconscious place, even if they've talked about it endlessly in their mind or in talk therapy, but they haven't been able to access it into the spirit in the deeper levels so that it can be cleared out of the subconscious. And and that's the art form of what I like to work into is to feel it, hear it, sense it, smell it, and then be able to kind of gently guide a person, but to leave myself out of the healing equation so that the breather, the the person actually doing the work can claim all the healing, <laughs> you know, be empowered by doing the work themselves. And, and then through that, I, I give people access to several guided meditations that I've created on Spotify that they can work with daily if they choose. Um, so again, as, as much as possible, I like, that I can stay out of people's healing needs of thinking they need me, but that they have access to tools and information and that they can do the work themselves. Mm, wow. That's so beautiful. Uh, you know, it's so interesting as you were answering the questions, um, I was coming up with my own questions in my mind. You were answering them. Like there's one about breath. I was like, you know, talk to me about why breath work is so important. And then you were talking about, you know, the hypothalamus and how it moves through all the different uh, hormones in the body. And it was just so funny <laughs> that we're having that kind of exchange. Yeah. Um, so David, I, I want to talk a little bit about self-love as the vehicle for healing. Cause you mentioned that a couple of times. And I think that it's kind of a unique concept that I don't hear a lot of people talk about. You know, we talk about healing as like a maybe more of like an energy management practice. Um, and I think that the idea of love is so powerful and important. And so I'm, I'm really curious, you know, why do you focus on that? Well, the healing, the book healing that I wrote, <clears throat> and again, even the title just being healing, uh, most book publishers and advisors all were like, you have to have a sub, you know, that's just too general. And I'm like, no, nah, that's what I'm hearing, just healing. Mm -hmm. um, but the whole book is built on, you know, it's like the monopoly board and the goal, you know, to pass goal. It's like the starting point in healing is self-love. And that's what, you know, after studying and paying attention and being educated by the universe, I found that the people who were making steady changes and were really moving along in their life in an empowered way, the peace that, you know, that maybe is lacking in most spiritual practices and religions and on and on and on um, is how to love yourself and how to feel it and how to have that that exchange of of self-love and and that's the game changer that I really like to gently imprint at the end of breathing sessions and especially group breathing sessions when there's this vibration and this hum of energy moving through people and and then I'll just gently say this is this what you're feeling is what I call self-love. And as you imprint on what that feels like and what that means to you, it's something you can work at maintaining and, you know, reflecting back to my own journey with the vibration, what I've realized 
You know, I've always known as a little boy, I was a good person. Nobody could convince me otherwise. I always felt that connection to my heart. And I think that I always had a feeling of love in there. I always felt connected to it. And as I've kind of brought that forward with the healing work and the vibration and the meditations, that as people can learn how to feel their energy and and really work with it consciously and that connection to it, which when we're connected to our the love of ourself, that place of contentment and peace, we don't have to give away our power. We don't need something from somebody else out external to us to complete us or to make us feel loved that we we become this sustaining balance of love, therefore freeing up all these external relationships and for sure the significant, meaningful ones become way less dramatic and carry way less pressure to to be something for us. It's like I always say, then the external romantic intimate friendships, relationships can just be like the sprinkles on the cupcake, you know, but we're doing the, the mo the, the majority of the work inside of ourself in that place of our awareness about, you know, our, our love inside of us. So, oh, so beautiful. And what are some, uh, you know, obviously you spoke about breath work, uh, but you have a number of tools that you list in your book on like how we can become more connected to ourselves. And also I love this idea of cultivating self-love and turning inward um, rather than turning outward to feel more connected to self. Cause I think that's what most of us do, right? We, we right. go outside ourselves to, to find ourselves. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, I'd love to hear like also what practices you still use um, since you have yeah. such a big toolbox. A big toolbox. It, um, w- what I would say, <clears throat> number one, since we're talking about healing and maybe a few people's ears are, are opened up, <clears throat> that they can access that book for free on my website. And, you know, we can talk more about that later. But in the news section, it's right there. They can click on it, download it for free as a PDF and put it on their iPad or their phone. Um, and there's you know, I made the diagrams in that are in the book as like stick figures. And then I had a really talented a graphic artist friend, Charlie Griak, <clears throat> flush them out for me. But they're, they're very specific that when we're experiencing self-love, it creates this circle of connection with all things Um Whereas when, and that, and that comes out of the heart, like as a spiral of energy, but when we're seeking love, a lot of times that's coming more from the second chakra, the belly, where our emotions, where we're way more volatile, looking, needing, you know, something to come back in for us to feel good. And that kind of sets up this whole, um, drama or this whole push-pull thing that another person contains the key to our happiness or these external things so so i'm i'm just saying that a lot can be experienced even looking at the diagrams because a lot of thought and creative um intention went into those um so um Beyond that, going forward to your question about what other tools, for me, some of the biggest tools I practice daily are gratitude and communication of gratitude, um, you know, in my life and in my relationships uh, and know that I can probably always continue to do more um, and creative expression writing, sharing, doing a podcast, using my throat chakra, using my ability to passionately share things that I've 
lived and and I'm willing to when I teach I'm like there's no for me there's no secrets I'm transparent in sharing everything I've learned um, because honestly I don't even think there's that much new information out there in spiritual realms or self-help realms or a lot of it's just kind of a bit regurgitated you know, maybe with a different accent or some different imagery, <laughs> um, you know, but but a lot of it's the, the same, although I do feel like that w- the piece that's been missing is, you know, uh, what I said earlier about the practice of self-love, of how that can be uh, grown, cultivated and grown in a, in a person. And, and, you know, I'm sure many religious scholars would say, that's not true. We have that, but I don't know, to me, there's been missing pieces in the importance of it. And we're not born a lot of times knowing what self-love feels like. And I think that even that probably I was a bit of an anomaly in that I I remember as a little boy feeling that feeling inside my heart. So, um, so, but I, I would just say my primary tools are creative expression, gratitude, um, and then, you know, a deep connection with Mother Earth um, as a nature whisperer, as a vi- environmental guardian, like, you know, I'm willing to pick up trash anywhere I go and, um, you know, try to do my best to help Mother Nature and and um, create environments for, you know, uh, animals and, and nature. So those are probably my biggest tools taking up space in the toolbox. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Um, and uh, David, I'd love to know, like looking back, you said you've been in this practice for 30 plus years, which is, wow, a lot of time. Uh, what has surprised you the most, you know, especially coming out of the pandemic and just kind of witnessing so much, you know, transformation and change, like what sort of themes have kind of emerged uh, over the years that surprised you? Well, Gosh, surprised me. I think, you know, uh, that, you know, since you mentioned pandemic and these last two or three years, I've um, been, uh, you know, I would say concerned that a lot of the human volatility and, and reactiveness, you know, maybe even contributing to things like climate change and and maybe some of the ways that mother earth and mother nature are <clears throat> having to bring balance to all the kind of almost like fire that humans are spewing everywhere whether it's war or or you know feelings of being misinformed or controlled and there's a lot to it. And I I do, I definitely, I I work and and I'm family with many indigenous people in the Americas and and beyond and, um, you know, have many lifetimes of experiencing um, change, um, And so I feel like, you know, we're in a window um, that's not only important, but maybe we're even, you know, underestimating how um, we're impacting everything because as all the communication systems have become so worldwide that we're as much as we may dislike people in different places, even different zip codes, that everything is being felt 
almost instantly and being communicated and, you know, and exchanged with and, and interacted with so that, you know, when I was a boy, you know, there was nothing, even the news was maybe three channels and now everything is just so expedited that it, it, you know, I feel like things are manifesting instantly. Um, So I do believe there's a lot more going on than we have any idea about, you know, so. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And uh, what are some like other people that you look up to that you consider your mentors or maybe books um, that have inspired you uh, in your own journey? Well, that's a, I would have to think about that a little bit uh, because I, I'm kind of, I have a almost five-year-old daughter and since she's come along, my writing has gotten pushed to the back burner. But since I've been writing, which has been the better part of the last 20 years, I'm not reading very nearly as much. I used to be an avid reader, but it seems like there's been, like I've maybe haven't been reading as much because I don't want to get influenced so much by other people's writing styles. And I'm not saying this is accurate or uh, needs to be, uh, you know, considered truth to others, but, um, but there's definitely something about honing my own uh, voice. And um, there's a third healing book um, that I'm, maybe about halfway through. And then there's a fictional book about (laughs) really about the future of mother earth in a way, which is kind of complex writing. I mean, it, it pushes my trust of my intuition a lot. And I, I put it down um, before my daughter was uh, as she was gestating and haven't picked it back up. So um, I'm being encouraged by several um, indigenous communities to finish it because it kind of aligns with some of the timelines and their meditations about things as we move forward. Um, So um, to answer your question, um, gosh, I, I... um honestly to me uh, the people who i uh, lean into and look up to probably are more of some of the indigenous elders that i'm close to and that we share uh our ears to each other about our work and things um that we you know collaborate on um i don't uh, not big into external, um, too much external in the way of politics and things like that. But, you know, somewhere down the road <clears throat> that may change as, as um, you know, I do feel like that, you know, in the future, probably more of the average person kind of almost like off the street may become more of the world leaders than the professional politicians. I mean, that's just something I've had a feeling about and something I was working on in the fictional book that kept resonating to me about, you know, a person suddenly stepping forward with a a clarity and that the whole world listened and, and that were maybe that's the outcome of, of all this, homogenization of of our uh you know species and and our communication systems of you know the truth being able to be spoken in a time of possibly big need and the world listens so right (laughs) maybe that's a peek into that that fictional book so right i love that yeah Oh, and um, David, is there anything that you're going to be doing differently going forward with your work? Uh, you obviously mentioned that there's a third book, um, but you know, in terms of uh, 
this this kind of shift in culture and society and, and where you think we're going. Are you are you still planning to? I know you offer retreats, um, and also you moved from LA to Sedona, which I, I love to ask about that as well. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. Like, are you going to be offering the same types of uh, healing work, hands on work, teaching people how to how to do this, and also um, offering sessions? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I haven't moved to Sedona. I I um, I passed through. I stopped there. I have many friends who have moved there. I, I have done workshops or retreats there for thirty years, but um, but uh, I I New Mexico. So I have a retreat center in in the mountains in New Mexico. Um, so that's probably my maybe you were oh, thinking yes. that. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah, it's it's east of here, so it's kind of straight on past Sedona, going east another five hours. Um, but um, um, I, you know, uh, there's another level to what I'm do teach about healing and all the energy work, and um, and and some of it is probably rooting to some of more of the more connections with the indigenous um, people that I'm so close to. And, uh, you know, again, I'm from the, the farm, so it's like helping people um, that would be interested to have a, 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 a deeper base connection to Mother Earth and and the elements, the directions, and all the kingdoms maybe that are recognized as helpers and contributors to life, um, um, and and ways to kind of fortify that again as a base because I have to work work with so many healers and therapists and doctors and guides that you know, or are running out of energy and aging prematurely and getting tired and realizing the way they've been working isn't sustainable. And so, um, and I feel like that base and that rooting, I mean, I'm, I'm Capricorn sun, Capricorn moon, Taurus ascendant, and, and have a good balance of the other uh, signs in my other uh, houses, uh, but for sure that extra groundedness and connection to Mother Earth helps me uh, in in the wor- way of holding space for others and 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 using and accessing what I call universal energy. Um, that definitely comes a lot through my my connection to Mother Earth and not using up my finite personal energy. So at the end of the day, after I've worked with people, I like to ideally feel better than when I started the day. (laughs) And and that's always the measurement that I've been working the way I teach and, and understand that um, that's necessary for me to be able to do this work another, (laughs) I don't know, many years, it would seem (laughs) so. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's a a measurement for you. Cause I think a lot of people are probably not aware or taking these kind of, um, moments to reflect on, on their work and how Mm -hmm. it's impacting others and, and also how it's impacting themselves. So thank you for that reminder. David, is there anything else that you want to tell our listeners about their health, wellness, and well-being? What's sort of like your main takeaway? What would you, you know, what do you want to tell everyone listening? We've got like 70 plus um, countries tuning into this. So what's what's your message? Well, I would just say, hello, you know, (laughs) I love you. I'm willing to share anything I know uh, with, you know, everyone. Um, and I do feel like to me, you know, we're all the same. We don't, you know, there's a lot of information being sold to people that digs into why and how we're different. But honestly, for me, it's like, you know, if I'm willing to see 
myself and everyone and willing to let other people see themselves in me that, you know, we can coexist peacefully and get along and do good with, you know, uh, exchanging and, and helping mother earth help us. Um, so, you know, um, and yeah, all the information that's, um, you know, available, uh, I'm willing to share and there's more coming. Um, I'm actually thinking it's been coming in the last few days about creating a specific, um, meditation for the Spotify users that, that is all about even, you know, somebody brand new, just, stepping into their first time trying the breath and and the breath is you know like you mentioned early on it's a it's a primary tool you know it's the the fuel we put into the car or whatever i guess or the battery maybe i should say so um you know it it can take people a long way and then those other um things like the intuition and and deeper clearing in the body all happens as one learns to, you know, pra- practice with the breath and, and surrender to the spirit. So I think that would be my share in this moment. Oh, I love that. Yes, I, I completely agree. And thank you so much for the work that you do, David, and and for your time. And where can people find you? Where um, can you point them to on the internet to learn more about yeah. you, your work, how to get in touch? I think, you know, they just, if they Google David Elliott and that's uh, the, the spelling would be E-L-L-I-O-T-T. And then my website is davidelliot.com. It's all pretty, pretty easy and straightforward. They can probably find it through the reluctant healer too. But, uh, you know, on my, my website's pretty self-explanatory and I think fairly easy to navigate. So, um, and the events and, you know, most of the stuff I do is all on there. Perfect. Perfect. And we'll leave that in the show notes so that people can find you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, David. And for our audience, thanks for joining and for listening. In this episode, we learned about how to love yourself with David Elliott. You can check him out uh, in the show notes. And you can tune into Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Thanks again.